Welcome to Conquering Your Clownfish, a podcast dedicated to transforming disabilities into special abilities. I'm your host, Brady Murray. Welcome to today's show. Excited to be able to explore with you something that is heavy on my heart today, and in fact has been for about the last year. It's an episode that where I'm going to discuss a special ability, and many of you know I'm typically talking about my boys who have Down syndrome when referencing special abilities, but today I'm going to be referencing one of my boys who honestly, when he was born, I thought I was blessed with a typical child, and that's going to be my son, Ridge. Ridge is 14 years old, and I'd like to share with you his journey and our journey in raising our son who has 22Q gene deletion. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what 22Q is, it is a a rare disease, if you may. Uh, It is a gene deletion, and it is something that that impacts a fair amount of individuals in society today. This is something that oftentimes will manifest itself in the later years as a child reaches about the age of puberty and is something that uh, is diagnosable fairly early, although there are circumstances where individuals have lived with this throughout their entire life and get into their adult years and only then do they find this diagnosis. And so allow me please today to be able to share with you something again that is weighing on my heart heavy. When Ridge uh, was born or when we were expecting Ridge, we had two children at the time, Brinley, uh, our first daughter and uh, our first child overall, as well as Nash. And as I have shared in prior episodes, we were told of Nash's diagnosis of Down syndrome about 10 minutes after he was born. That was a very traumatic experience for me. That was a very raw experience and still is an experience that is emotional for me to this day, although I wouldn't trade my life with Nash for anything in this world. In fact, I have people ask me fairly often if I could change it to where Nash does not have Down syndrome, would I? And the answer is absolutely not. We love that superpower and that special gift that Nash brings into our family. So when we were expecting child number three, Andrea and I, we had a boy and we had a girl. And so we thought it would be fun to be able to find out the sex of our child when our child is born. Sounded like a good idea. And for Andrea, it actually worked out good. But for me, that was not something that I enjoyed. Um, That was actually really hard to be able to do. And so there was a lot of anticipation. And I would say even internally in my mind, I was hoping to be able to have another boy. And I hoped and prayed that everything would be okay from the standpoint of having a typical child. And again, I don't uh, regret or would not change anything in this world for Nash, but I was not ready and not prepared and did not want to go through what I experienced in the previous birth of a child with that diagnosis of a, a special ability, if you may. So leading up to this day, it was a tender mercy. I, I had a breakfast appointment that I absolutely spaced. Uh, it was in the middle of the week. It was on my calendar. It was at 7.30. I don't know why I did not go to that. In fact, I know why now, but I completely spaced it. And right about 7.30, I was getting ready for the day and Andrea's water broke right there in the bathroom. So that was the first experience for me to be able to see that. We took uh, Ridge into uh, the delivery room. Andrea was not actually having any contractions, which was kind of weird. And she said, you know, it, it just like he doesn't feel like he's really low. He's he's actually really high right now. And so this, this is unique. And so we get in there, they turn the ultrasound machine on and they say, oh, this boy has flipped and he is now breech. And so we thought, oh, my goodness, that is not ideal. It looks like we're going to have a C-section. So they got the operating room ready. We went in there and 
Andrea's doctor was not on call. So we had another doctor who we had never met before who was coming in. Honestly, I was a little uncomfortable with this doctor because he was about as casual as you could come. And he was working really fast. Like it almost seemed like it was a race with how fast he was trying to start the C-section and work through the C-section. So I'd seen this process before with Brindley and it was really uncomfortable. And so he was just going fast. So because he was going so fast, it was only a matter of a short few you know, minutes, if it felt like, and in fact, kind of was before Ridge was there. And when he pulled Ridge out and he looked at me and he said, it's a boy. I literally jumped for joy. I, I jumped and Andrea still makes fun of me to this day, 14 years later for how high I jumped when the doctor told me that I had a son who, who was right there and everything checked out good. He was crying. Everything looked great. The doctors checked him out. And I mean, I'm on like hyper, hyper alert because of the experience that I had just two years later when Nash or two years before when Nash was born and, and the doctors were, you know, they realized that this child had Down syndrome. So I was like watching those doctors, watching the nurses and just like really suspicious and on high alert on if anything was wrong and if everything was okay. But after a few hours, you know, doctors coming in and nurses checking on him and everything's good and us being put to our room and just hanging out like everything was good. And I thought, this is what it's supposed to be like when a child is born. For our first child, for Brinley, she actually immediately went into the ICU and or the NICU and was later life flighted because of some lung issues. And so we thought we were going to lose our daughter. And so that was disruptive, as you can imagine. And then obviously with Nash. So this was amazing because we're just hanging out and holding our baby and Andrea's recovering. And I thought, this is exactly how this is supposed to be. Weeks turned into months, months turned into a year, and everything went great with our son. I will say that there was just an intuition, you know, and, and I always I always played that off to more of a paranoia, like something, you know, it seems like it just, there's an intuition that something might be up. I just, I did feel that during that first year. And, you know, I never really discussed that with Andrea and she never discussed that with me, but I did feel like there was something unique there. Um, it was in the second year that we actually started to recognize things that were, it just, it didn't seem like Ridge was developing as maybe he should. He wasn't talking or even making any noises. That was one thing. And it was just a little bit slower to develop as it relates to walking and talking and different things of that nature. And so we didn't really think much of it. And then came a, an incident where we did go on high alert. Um, I was at some church meetings early one morning on Sunday. Um, I came home from these church meetings and turned down the street and looked down the street towards my house as I was driving. And I saw an ambulance and fire truck right in front of my house. I slammed on the gas, like pushed on the gas, sped right to my house, got out, slammed the door, and there was a, an EMT walking out of my house. And so I immediately yelled like, what is going on? And he kind of like blew it off and, and I don't even know what he said, but yeah, I could tell he was casual, you know, and I just blew by him, ran inside and, you know, everything like the EMTs were kind of wrapping up and everything was, was settled in. And so I'm, what is going on? And Andrea said, Ridge this morning had a seizure and he stopped breathing. And so it freaked me out. I called 911, the MT of the ambulance, fire trucks came. And by the time they got here, he was okay. The seizure had stopped. He started breathing again. They've checked him out. They've been here for a little while. Everything looks good. 
But that was the first time that Andrea and I said, okay, is there something up with our son? And I remember processing, having to ask that question. I, I did not want to ask that question. Honestly, I didn't want to know at all. I was just not in the frame of mind after, you know, the diagnosis with Nash, I was not ready for that. And so I, I'm not saying this is right or this is correct, but I really withdrew in relation to seeking what was going on with our son. Andrea, on the other hand, thankfully was very proactive in trying to understand like, okay, it seems like there's something up about this time again. So he's about two at this time when that seizure came, he's just not making any noises, any sounds, just not talking at all. And so Andrea made an appointment with the pediatrician and found out that the seizure was caused because of a, a fever that he had. And that this was fairly common with young children and that most of the time they will grow out of this. So that was good news. But she made an, an appointment with the, the ENT as well to see what was going on. It just didn't seem like he could, he was speaking. And so the ENT looked at the diagnosis and found immediately that there was a hole in his soft palate, which made it so he couldn't capture air to be able to make sounds. Like there was no way to make sounds. And, that, and if he did, it would be very nasally if he did, but he wasn't. And so the ENT said, you know, let's watch this for a couple of months. A lot of times these will close themselves off. And I said, great, no problem. Good for me. That's great. It's going to close itself off and we're going to live life and, and get back to normal life. Well, a couple months go by and nothing had changed. So we go back in and the ENT suggested that we do surgery and that she said, it's a fairly routine procedure. I can close that off. That's going to help him with his speech. But then she said that she suggests that we test for what's referred to as DeGeorge, DeGeorge syndrome, or more commonly called 22Q11 deletion syndrome or gene deletion syndrome. And that's the first time I'd ever heard of what that was. I did not want to know what that was. The, simply the word syndrome freaked me out. I remember the doctor uh, saying, we'll test. Would you like us to test? We said, yes, we'll test when we do the surgery and then we'll get the results back. And so the surgery was scheduled for a few weeks later. I remember the day of the surgery. I didn't even want to be there. And I actually carry a lot of remorse and, and regret on this, but I, I just, I didn't want to be there. I volunteered to stay with Nash and Brindley that day. I would babysit and Andrea could take Ridge down. Um, she went down. The procedure went well. And the doctor in the follow-up appointment confirmed a suspicion that she had that Ridge had 22Q11. I was not there when Andrea was told this and Andrea came home and Andrea's just upbeat and she's good. Everything went great. Checked, it checked out good. And um, I think she was probably sensitive to maybe my feelings towards this. And um, she said, um, you know, uh, they did test for 22Q and it did come back positive that Ridge has 22Q, but the doctor told me that, you know, we should just raise this kid like normal, that this is not something we should go Google and try and research out. Ridge is fine. Ridge is doing great. We should really just, you know, carry on. And I took that literally. I did not Google it. I didn't want to know. And I said, I will raise this boy just like any other typical kid, and we will have a great life together. And that's exactly what I did. Over the years, there was, sometimes this would come up for whatever reason, and I couldn't even tell you for the next 10 years what Ridge had. Um, I would always defer to Andrea. Now, what, what is that? Again, if, if it came up in a checkup or, you know, filling out a health questionnaire or something, I would defer to Andrea and she would tell me what that is. I'd say, oh, okay, great. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, we move on. And Ridge, by and large, did pretty good. By and large, he did pretty good, um, at least in my, own, in my own mind. 
looking back now, when Ridge was in second grade, he was falling behind and uh, we actually changed schools. And one of the ways or one of the requirements of this school is he had to test at a certain level, which was, would mean he would need to repeat the second grade. And I thought this is great. Like this is a good school and this is going to be a great help for all of my kids that can go here. No problem if Ridge wants to repeat second grade because that's going to put him at, you know, a better level and he'll be able to keep up and give him a little bit of a head start. And it worked, you know, it worked for a couple of years in that respect. Um, again, I was coaching all of his baseball teams, no issues whatsoever there. Health wise, he was doing well, but intellectually and in school, he was struggling, but he was getting by. Math in particular was a struggle. I remember learning times tables that took, you know, like 5x, 7x, 8x more effort to be able to get Ridge to learn his times tables. And honestly, looking back now, there was so many signs and so many things that I could have done better for my boy had I leaned into this and had I really researched it and understood what 22Q was and how to get early intervention, but I didn't. And I regret that. And I hold that heavy on my heart still to this day where I wish I would have because there was a lot of signs and a lot of things that we could have done. Ridge went into... Let's see, it would have been like sixth grade and we were just struggling and went in, then he went into seventh grade and it just, it just escalated from there. Parent teacher conferences were saying, you know, Ridge just is checked out. He's not, it doesn't seem like he's getting it. I remember talking to Ridge about it and, you know, Ridge is pretty quiet and mild mannered in nature and he just kind of blew it off. And so I still at this time was not connecting the dots of what 22Q could mean. And here's where the breakthrough happened. We were in uh, Columbia. This would have been summer of 22. And we were at an institute, an orphanage, where we were meeting children. And most of these children, in fact, all of these children, to some degree, have a disability. Some of these children, and there's also adults there as well, have a very severe disability, meaning nonverbal, in a wheelchair, feeding tube, like very, very severe disability. And some of the other kids, very few, are able to walk and are, are pretty high functioning that way. So as we were there, we were advocating for these kids. These are orphans to be able to help them to get a forever home. That was the work that we were there doing. And it's part of our, our nonprofit Rod's Heroes. So as we were there, there was one young man, um, his name is Angel, who was just an awesome young man. And in fact, it was the weirdest thing. He actually looked like Ridge, like Ridge's Latino version of himself. Same facial features, like very much looked like my son. And I remember thinking how unique that was. I watched Angel and Angel would go around and would feed all of the residents there who were not able to feed themselves, um, spoon feed them. And he did that like at his own accord. That wasn't his responsibility. He just, you know, saw a need and he went and he took that. And I just remember watching and observing this child. And so I asked the worker there about this young man. Tell me about this young man. She said, interesting thing on Hill actually just asked me a couple of weeks ago, why nobody adopts him? So he asked the worker, I've seen my friends get adopted. He's been there his whole life. He was 14 at the time. He said, why has nobody adopted me? And that stood out to me. And then the second thing that she said, he actually has, what his diagnosis is, is he has 22Q11. And that rung a bell. Like that is a familiar thing to me. I, I remember hearing that and I put the connection together. That's exactly what Ridge has. And so this special young man and in the service of his fellow teammates there that are in the institute with him and his desire to be adopted and then the connection where 
he looks like my son, caused me to say, I have to take my head out of the sand and I need to understand what 22Q11 is and what this means for my family. I began researching. I began consulting with professionals and that was hard. I learned that these kids, this syndrome, if you may, manifests itself as I shared about puberty is when it really hits and that the gap. So Ridge has, was always maybe a little bit below his peers as it relates to education, that that gap from an IQ standpoint is there's his peers really begin to grow that the 22Q kids don't and that that gap widens significantly and that it continues, continues to go that direction uh, throughout the really the remainder of their life. I learned that um, about 15% of these kids will get married. And so 85% of these individuals with 22Q don't get married. I learned that almost all of them are dependent on caretakers or parents, at least to some degree from a financial standpoint. And one of the big reasons for that is that they uh, really struggle with simple math. And I confirm that. Like I knew Ridge was like that. And in fact, like even counting money and understanding the, the relationship of how much money is needed or how much money one has even is very difficult for these individuals. And when I read that, just my mind reflected back to Ridge. Ridge, I don't think has spent a dollar that he has ever received in his whole life. I mean, he is the saver of savers. Kid has a box full of cash. I mean, there's just thousands of dollars that he's accumulated just because he's such a saver. And Ridge could never figure out how much money he had. And he would always ask me, like, Dad, will you help count my money? And I remember thinking like, you know, for sure, but man, you could do this, bud. You can do this. And that was me with my head in the sand. Um, I also learned through this research that essentially one in four uh, children or adults, I should say, individuals that have this condition will be diagnosed with schizophrenia. And so this is something that I um, just have been processing over the last year and learning over the last year. And this is exactly what I was afraid of 12 years ago, because diagnosis came in two, that I just, I didn't want to know. And um, I am thankful I'm in a much better place now. Um, I'm thankful that Andrea has been more proactive than I have, although um, I think she was even a little bit reserved with that. And we truly have taken that doctor's advice over the last number of years. And again, I'm not saying that this was right. I'm just simply being very honest in what the diagnosis was. So we have Nash that was like a lightning strike, like somebody going in a room and turning a light on immediately were thrown into that community of special abilities, of disability, of Down syndrome. In this circumstance, this has been like a sunrise. It has been getting a little bit brighter and a little bit more relevant on that skyline for the last 12 years of our son's life. And finally, we're at a place now where that that sunrise has really peaked over the mountain. Those bright rays on what our new norm is, um, is shining bright, right in our face right now. Just last week, we had the first IEP for Ridge. And again, I have just felt so guilty that I have not got Ridge all of the attention and the focus that I wish that I did um, during this time. The IEP went exceptionally well. Uh, we were able to transition Ridge from 
uh, regular classroom and three of his classes, math, English, and uh, history or social studies was the other one into more of an adaptive classroom. And just in the last week, um, in fact, I spoke with Rage about it again this morning on the way to school. He loves it and it just is a fit for him. And all of the feedback from his teachers before we made this change was Rage seems checked out. Rage has a hard time following along in class. Rage doesn't seem to be paying attention. And Honestly, it's not that he wasn't willing. It was just the curriculum was so far over his head. He's got so far underwater, if you may, that it was just simply to be able to exist. One thing that Ridge is really good at is he is good at flying under the radar. And he is really good at knowing what the right answers are to say in a situation when somebody's inquiring or asking just to be able to get by and fly under that radar. And that's a strength, but that's also been a tremendous weakness because he has, by and large, flown under the radar for a significant amount of time throughout his schooling and and just uh, life in general. So here we are. And honestly, this is a big part of the inspiration for Conquering Your Clownfish is with Nash and with Coop, everybody sees that disability. You walk into a room and they immediately recognize this child has Down syndrome. With Ridge, unless you're in the 22Q community, you probably aren't going to recognize that Ridge has 22Q. What's unique about it, if you remember, I said Angel looks like Ridge. And as I started to research and look at other kids that have 22Q, the facial features are very distinct, actually, and are very noticeable if you know what you're looking for. And so you line 10 kids up that have 22Q, there's going to be a lot of similar facial features that are going to be existent there with, you know, a little bit more sunken eyes and a little bit more pronounced ears, a little bit more elongated face. And it's just so clear and so obvious um, now that, again, just that, that weight that I wish I would have known this 12 years ago. But moving forward with Ridge, his unique ability, his special ability, his disability is by and large unseen within society. Society would expect Ridge to function and act and be at the level of exactly what his peers are. Teachers would expect that. Peers would expect that. Parents would expect that. And I know that that is not correct. I know that we need to meet Ridge where he is. And just over this last year, and in particular over these last you know few weeks of we've really, really worked through the IEP, it's almost like this weight of my son needing to be at a certain level or learn a certain math problem at a certain at a certain speed has been alleviated. And it's very empowering. And as I've processed this, I know my son has a divine purpose. I know Ridge has a work to do. I know that some experiences in life we choose. And I also know that other experiences choose us. In this circumstance, I know this experience for Ridge to have the diagnosis of 22Q is an experience that life has chosen for him and that has entrusted with him for a very specific reason. And it is my focus and my hope and Andre's hope that we can be wonderful instruments in being able to help our son, Ridge, be able to sing the song that he's meant to sing, to be able to rise up and become what he is supposed to become. Not what the world would expect or what the world would deem is expected for a young man who's 14 and, and growing, but ultimately what he is supposed to do and how we can be instruments to be able to help him to be able to realize that. So excited to share this journey with you and see how things go. It's a little bit daunting, a little bit scary. But it is it is a journey I am very thankful for and extremely thankful that Ridge 
privilege was entrusted into my family and that uh, we get to go down this path of more of a sunrise versus the lightning strike that we got with Nash's diagnosis. So thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to be able to uh, share more with you. We have some exciting guests scheduled uh, for the coming weeks. And so that will be something that we can all definitely look forward to. But thanks for tuning in. As always, we love feedback. We love your willingness to be able to share our podcast and be able to give us a great rating that will help us to be able to get this message out to more people and help turn disabilities into special abilities. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conquering Your Clownfish. If you liked what we discussed on the podcast today and want to continue the conversation, please visit us at conqueringyourclownfish.com. And please don't forget to subscribe.